Hi team, I'd like to start today's podcast by acknowledging the traditional owners of the land on which I record this podcast, the Nunawal and Nambri people. I'd like to extend my respects to Elders, past, present and emerging, and to any Aboriginal or Torres Strait Islander people who may be listening to this podcast today. Thank you so much. Hey team, so today's episode is a little bit of a wild one. Uh, Currently I'm sitting backstage at my technical rehearsal for my show this coming Saturday, the day before Valentine's Day. You can probably hear tap kicks going off on stage, they're actually working on some notes from our first run. Um, But yeah, today's episode is a bit chaotic, there's probably some filming I'll probably do, sorry, let me start again. It's like 9.30, I've had a rough day. There's probably going to be some stuff about the show, some stuff about dancing, some stuff about resilience. I know for a fact that there's like a five-minute breakdown of mine that I recorded um, a couple of days ago from a really vulnerable moment for me. And then um, I'm pretty sure that was one of the tappers. Um, and then we talk about, yeah, how strength is overrated and how being broken is okay. And that's pretty much the episode. Um, again, I'm filming, uh, fuck me, I'm recording this audio a little bit early, so I don't know where the episode's actually going to end up, but that's my general gist of it. So we'll see what happens. Enjoy! It is 1.19 in the morning and I can't sleep. And part of me can't sleep because I napped all day. But part of me can't sleep and the most part of me can't sleep because I'm really not okay right now. I've said before that I was dragged kicking and screaming through 2020 and I think that's the most accurate description of it that I can give is that I really was dragged kicking and screaming through 2020. I am fucking exhausted. I'm fucking exhausted because I'm sick of being the strong one. Like, don't get me wrong, being powerful, independent, strong-minded, strong-willed, like, able to deal with my own shit and hold my own is one of my favourite qualities about myself. However, that doesn't make it fucking easy. And right now, I'm exhausted. I'm exhausted because of my own toxic positivity that forces me to be fine when I'm not. And this is really fucking raw right now. And I'm really struggling. And I don't want to be because it needs to be fine. Like, I... I am okay, I'm just exhausted and I'm sick of being the strong one, like it's so ingrained in my personality that I'm the strong, confident, independent, like strong-willed, powerful human being that I am, but I'm fucking sick of it, like when's it my turn to be taken care of? When's it my turn to have someone else fight for me? Instead of having to fight so hard for myself all the time. I'm tired of fighting. I'm tired of having to win every battle and win every war for myself. I'm exhausted. Like, when do I get a break? When does... 
when do the blessings start coming back? Because I've been in the shit since I was like 12. And it's like... A decade of one thing after another and it doesn't end and it doesn't get easier and it doesn't get better and this has been going on for over 10 years and yes there's always been good bits of my life I'm not saying that I don't appreciate those I'm saying that they don't outweigh the negative shit that I've been through. And when does it stop? Like, when do I? When do I get my turn to enjoy everything and to actually just sit back and fucking relax? And this shit is parties that I will never get that period because there's always going to be this little part of me that's grieving and this big internal question of what if and I will never be able to escape that. And it sucks. It's fucking hard. When when do I get to be taken care of? When do I get to switch off and stop for a second? Instead of being constantly in fight or flight. When's it my turn? Because I'm fucking sick of fighting. So I've been thinking a lot, especially in the last 24 hours. I don't like being strong. Like, as you've just heard in that full-blown meltdown. I'm sick of it. Like, I'm done. I just want to be able to chill. And I think... The constant having to be strong. It's just, it weighs you down. Like, and you know, it's okay to break. Like, I'm not, like, I don't know. I'm just in my own head about my own toxic positivity and the fact that I feel like I constantly have to be, and I'm going to coin a term here that I probably will never use again, but... I have to be, like, well-presenting. And what I mean by that is I have to be presenting to the world that even when I'm mentally unwell, I'm still okay. When, like, I'm fucking not, like... Sometimes, yeah, I'm mentally unwell, but I am still okay. But at this... on the 7th of February at 7.52am, I'm so not okay, like, I need a hug, I need, like, six hours of straight spooning, I just need someone to play with my hair and tell me it's all gonna be okay and just hold me while I cry, like, I'm sick of being strong and this sounds terrible, But, like, I'm sick of telling people when I'm not okay because everyone's immediate reaction is, it's okay, everything's going to be okay, you're going to be okay, you're so strong, you can do this. I'm like, I get that I can do this and I understand that and I know that you're all trying to help and I appreciate it so much. But also, I don't fucking want to do it anymore. And that's where my issue lies, is that everyone's like, oh, you're so strong, you can do this. Like, It's like, I know I can do it, I just don't fucking want to. Like, I'd much rather have a fucking breakdown. 
I don't know. I got really in my own head about it last night. And I get people are trying to help. But I just can't keep telling people when I'm not okay. Because their immediate reaction is just to be like, oh, I'm so sorry. Like, you've got this. You're so strong. You can do this. You've been through so much. I'm like, yeah, I fucking know. Hence the breakdown team. Like, it just, it just fucking hurts. It just hurts so bad. And that's where I'm at. I'm at the point where I don't fucking want to be strong. I don't. I want someone to take care of me. Like, I want to wake up next to someone on a Sunday morning and not kick them out of my house. Like, Yeah, I want to be able to have someone in my life that shares my life, you know. But, like, I also don't have time for that. And I'm just, it's so frustrating. It's just agonising, trying to balance. This is the other part of it, is that I've now built this identity as, like, a strong, independent woman, don't need no man, can do anything she puts her mind to. And has done everything she's put her mind to. But then I'm like, I also just want to take, like, I just want someone to take care of me. Like, I want to find my equal who shares in my life successes and mourns my failures and my miseries with me. Like, I need someone that's willing to come on the journey with me. Um... Like, it's just really frustrating to feel like in your own head, your own toxic positivity, like the fact that I, how do I phrase this? The fact that in my own head when I'm starting to break, the first thing I'm like is like, okay, Laura, you're strong. You can pull through this. Like, I don't have to think like that. Like... It's not necessarily toxic positivity, I think. Sorry, it's the wrong ter- like term to use. But I think I don't need to always be happy like that. I don't always need to be, like, mentally well presenting. Like, I'm allowed to be like, you I'm really not coping today. I used to have this friend. He was... It makes, me, it makes me so angry to think about everything I went through with him. But anyway, it's a story for a later date. But he used to be like, hey, how are you going? And I'd, if I was having a really bad day, I'd be like, oh, I'm clinical. How are you? And he used to get shitty with me for expressing my emotions. He'd be like, don't say that. And I'm like, but why? That's how I'm feeling. And it's like, and he was my best friend. And he's like, don't say that. And it was the same if I had, um, so I've previously had suicidal thoughts and I've had suicidal ideations and he'd be like, he'd be like, how are you going? I'm like, oh, I'm a little bit suicidal, but I'm okay. How are you? He's like, don't say that. I'm like, but why can't I tell you exactly what's going through my head? Like, I shouldn't have to hide, especially from you. Like, you're my best friend. But, yeah, I'm just... I don't know. Sick of being the one that... Everyone's like, oh my goodness, she's so strong. She's so... Like, she's been through so much, but she's so resilient. Like, I'm fucking sick of being resilient. I'm sick of having to bounce back from shit. Like, when does shit stop getting thrown at me so that I can stop bouncing back from it? Because it fucking hurts, man. <sighs> anyway, it's fine. Problems for a later date. Actually, no, they're really not. 
the problem for now that I'm dealing with now because it's just registered what's going on in my head to be able to deal with it. So, yeah. Rock on. What a time. Something I've been thinking about a lot recently, particularly post-breakdown, post-anger about having to present like I'm okay and um, all of the shit that's come before this little segment. Um, Once again, please excuse my dogs who've decided to join the podcast episode. Um, But something I've been thinking about a lot recently is how my dance experience has meant that my resilience and my quote-unquote suck it up princess attitude has developed um especially the kind of dance I did as a kid and into my early teens I was trained that if I can keep going I keep going like music stops you keep going drop your apparatus you keep going make a mistake you keep going like you completely save face and you just go and I think for me like As a dancer, yes, that's kind of expected. Like, that's kind of what you are meant to do because it's, you know, for the look and shit and whatnot. Like, you need to be, like, you need to have some kind of resilience about you to be able to sort of, you know, do the things you need to do. And then, but there's, like, it's such a double-edged sword because on the one hand, you've got to have that resilience. But on the other hand, it's like, well it's kind of dangerous so those of you who are close to me know that uh when I was 16 so in 20 god I'm feeling very old tonight in 2013 I injured my back quite severely um like it was quite it's quite traumatic I'm not gonna lie about it it was pretty stressful um yeah so I basically had what they thought was two stress fractures in my lowest vertebrae and then the one not the one above that the one above that so it was like the lowest one and then two up from that like the second one up from that and it was terrifying so I'd never taken more than like six weeks off of dancing I'd never had a serious injury before I'd torn a hamstring that was pretty bad but it wasn't like I didn't need surgery, I didn't need needles, I didn't need anything like that. I just did rehab for however many weeks it was, and that was it. But this injury, like, threw my entire plan for the following year out of whack and actually is the reason that I didn't consider a full-time dance school after I finished year 12 because in the beginning of year 11 which was the following year 2014 I found out about my injury I found out how severe it was and I had to drop dance as a subject for my year 12 certificate which was fine in the long run I'm actually like really glad I did because dance didn't scale well and I ended up getting into a really good uni and blah 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 but I think the thing for me was that I did my injury so I hurt myself in October 2013 And it took me up until, I think it was about three or four weeks out from my first competition of the year. So it would have been like this time, 2014. So this time, seven years ago. Good Lord, that's a long time. Anyway, so it would have been like this time, seven years ago, when I was finding out about it. So I trained consistently on my injured back for about six months after I did it. And I think part of my resentment about being strong and being, like, like, I'm typically known as a strong girl. I'm not weak in any way, shape or form. And so I think part of my resentment about that comes from the fact that I've sort of always had to be. So, like, I was bullied through school, like, like quite... I was bullied through school and it wasn't, like, your casual bully, like, it was... Oh, I can't put into words how horrible it was. It was like just day in, day out abuse. And it was traumatic. Like there's no other way to describe it. It was bloody horrible. 
and the person who did that to me probably has no idea that that's how it was for me, but, you know, like, anyway, so I've been, I've been strong, and I've been resilient, and I've had to push through so much muck since I was about 12, I think, I'm gonna say 12, because my primary school bullying wasn't that bad, but, like, I got bullied from the age of about 10, but, yeah, like, I've always just sort of had to suck it up and do it and get it done and now I'm this adult who unfortunately has this this mentality that if I can still breathe I can still do it and I think it's quite dangerous sometimes because my mental health will be completely in the toilet and I will be just the whitest hottest most messy mess mess that ever did mess if a mess mess could mess mess and Unfortunately, I don't have the ability to say, hang on, give me a minute, I need to take some time for myself. And I am learning and I have some very supportive people in my life that help me with that. So Shannon and uh, Jamie, JD, little JD, his poor baby's getting has just had her tonsils out, so she's really feeling a bit sick and sorry for herself, poor lovey. But these people that I have in my life that are just so gorge. Yeah, they're just... I have these people in my life and they just bring me so much joy and it's just so nice to have them there. You know? And, like, I am getting better with it and, like, I have started taking some time, like, off work when I need to and, like, it's been really encouraged, so... A pretty rough anniversary is coming up for me next month on the 5th of March and um, I've got a lot of people supporting me ready to catch me when I inevitably have a bit of a breakdown about it because I think it's a a year since uh, I lost uh, someone extremely close to me and I think that this is potentially going to be the hardest day since I lost them. But, you know, like, you just sort of get to that point, I suppose, where you understand your body and your mind better than, I guess, anyone else. And I am I feel like I'm getting there, but I have moments where I'm like, oh, I didn't realise how bad I was until I realised how bad I was. And then it was stressful because you have to build yourself back up again. So I'm currently on day two of trying to get back on my medication because I got too busy and forgot to go to the chemist and so have had about a week and a bit off my medication which is really bad when you're on anxiety medication because every time you stop it's like starting again from scratch and your brain just fries and my brain especially for the first three weeks like I just turn into a scatterbrain like such a dumb dumb like such a dumb dumb which is not ideal when you need to be very alert for what you do for work and all the rest of that so yeah I think I am getting better at my stuff and obviously as you heard my breakdown earlier so that was probably like three days after I stopped my medication maybe maybe less than that maybe two two or three days after I stopped taking my medication which is like like I did pretty well to last that long without a mental breakdown but I also had a bit of a breakdown last night so we're at training doing our dress run for the show on Saturday and I nothing of my costumes fit me and I was like nothing fits nothing looks good nothing's working what's going on and it was purely that my body's changed so I put on a fair bit of weight last year in 2020 obviously because of COVID and I was experimenting with different contraceptions not sure why because I was literally a born-again virgin but anyway um but I put on about 15 20 kilos and then lost most of it but my body changed significantly so I grew boobs for the first time ever so I've always had quite small... I was, like, captain of the itty titty committee in high school and, like, college. Like, the itty titty committee was made up of consistently me and no one else. And then last year, in the space of about three months, I went from having no boobs to having a nice 
nice handful on each side and my hips grew my thighs have grown like everything as I've aged so I've hit like instead of like 20s I've hit early 20 early to mid 20s so I'm 24 this year so I'm nearly mid 20 I'm actually mid 20s now oh my god but like I didn't realize so I, you obviously learn about it in school and stuff but you don't really think about the fact that your body changes again when you hit that age so my hips and thighs have widened out and I'm definitely fuller like I look I feel like I look more womanly which is nice. It's great. I'm definitely not complaining about it. But adjusting how I dress to that has been a real wake-up call. Because I've always been bigger on the bottom, smaller on the top. And now I'm big all round. And I'm not saying I'm big by any stretch of the word. Like, I'm quite... I'm slim thick. Like, I'm quite muscular. There's a little bit of fat. Like, you can tell she likes a pasta. But you also know that, like, I take care of my body and my body is... It's quite nice to look at. Like, I like looking at it. She's pretty cute. She's covered in tattoos and piercings, which is hot. But, um, yeah, it's just trying to shift my mentality away from I wish I was. And last night, look, to be honest, got my period this morning. Complete PMS meltdown happened last night. But there was some fact behind it because in my head, all I could think about was I used to fit in this costume two years oh no it was far longer than that there was one corset that I tried on last night that I wore I think last time I wore it I would have been 20 and I it look it's snatched when I say snatched I mean I looked skinny as a pencil like snacked but I tried it on last night and it didn't fit. My my beloved can-can corset, who I have brutally stabbed and ripped and repaired and customised to make it my own, gave up on me last night. I don't fit into that corset anymore. And that was... I think that's what did me in. I've been wearing that corset for nigh on five years now and for that corset to not fit me last night shattered my heart and I literally we did a 40 minute our show on Saturday is 40 minute show and I had to work really hard for all 40 of those minutes of the show dress run to not cry and I'm pretty sure I spent the last 20 minutes of the show crying because I was just so upset about the fact that these costumes that I love wearing and have loved wearing for a long time they just don't fit me anymore and it's it it just hurt and I don't think it needed to but it did a bit a lot it did a lot I'm not gonna lie it kind of killed me but you know like it's to be expected everyone's body changes and I'm really glad that my body's changed because I look I feel like I look like what I'm meant to look like now. Like, I'm not the skinniest girl. I've got, like, there's a bit of bulk. She's a bit curvy. She's a bit... How's your dad? Like, she's a bit... How's your father? But I'm strong. And I've had this conversation with someone else this week. Like, something that I've started doing more of when I start having these moments where I complain about my body is I think about five things that my body does for me not what my body looks like I think about what my body does for me so for me the number one thing my body does for me is it lets me dance still even when I'm in pain even when I'm sore even when I'm tired even when my calves are aching and my ankles rolling and I just want to go to bed my body still pushes itself to have a boogie and last night and Tuesday night proved that to me even when I was going into shutdown and throwing up every five minutes on Tuesday night, my body still was like, okay, time to dance. And I think that for me is the most important thing that my body can give me. The second most important thing my body can give me is the fact that my brain still functions. My body houses my brain and my brain is who I am. And that's the coolest thing because I'm pretty fucking awesome. Like I'm a cool person. So the fact that my body houses my brain is amazing for me. 
Um, the third thing my body does is that it lets me walk my beautiful puppies. One of whom is being super needy right now. You've probably just heard him in the background. Ready? <laughs> oh, there you go. You say hello to the listeners. as arrow. But my body lets me walk my dogs. And now I wish I was doing it every day consistently still. But mentally, I just don't have the stamina to be walking them at 11.30 at night anymore. Um, especially as I'm building my new routine around all of my dancing, which is seven days a week now. Um, I think it's really important that I do take care of my body and sleep is something that I, my body and my brain need to function. So I'm really sorry, puppies, but you get a maybe WALK on Saturday morning. We can go for a stroll. <sighs> sorry, I had a yawn. Um... So that's the third thing is it lets me walk my dogs. The fourth thing my body does that I'm thankful for is it what else does my body do that I think is pretty cool? I think it's pretty cool that our bodies regulate themselves. So like sweating is to cool yourself down. Like I think that's really interesting. And I think the fact that like your body fights to maintain homeostasis, like oh. even when Aero, please, I'm speaking. Even when you're not conscious of it, your body um like fights to make sure that you're okay my favorite fun fact about the body is everyone's had those moments where you wake up like you've had you're going into a dream and you're falling and you wake up with a jolt and your heart's racing and you feel like you've just run a marathon and just like a little bit cold sweats the reason that happens and i don't know if this is true or not but i want to believe it's true because i think it's awesome if it is is that your body jolts you back to like basically defibs your heart because the re- and the reason that it jolts you back like that and jolts you awake like that is because your heart rate slows down too quickly and it thinks you're dying and so it's like hang on no no not your time yet and it jolts you back awake and i think that is potentially the coolest fucking thing ever like that's amazing to me i think that's bonkers like it, your body is so smart your bodies like our bodies just do so many things i'd really like to actually get a guest on to talk about the human anatomy and because i just think it's cool um so that's what dancing brain dogs maintains itself that's four what else does my body do that i think is cool atlas i think it's pretty cool that your body can turn i suppose it's more of your brain but it's just like such an existential moment for me right now, sitting here at 11.33 on a fucking Thursday night. Um, so your body can interpret sound, sight, touch, smell. What are the other senses? Taste. And your body can interpret those. And like that information, that stimulus comes in, your body like computes it and then it comprehends it and understands it. And that's the coolest thing to me. I think that's so amazing. And then, like, the way that those neural pathways are created is so fascinating. I also love that this is my other fun fact about the body that I think is hilarious, is that you can look at something and you know exactly what it's going to taste like and feel like to lick it. I don't know if it's taste like. Maybe it's just feel like to lick it. But you could look at something and you know your tongue knows and your brain knows what that feeling is going to be when you lick it so like for example i'm currently looking at a bottle of febreze and like clicking in my head i'm like that's gonna feel very smooth very slick i'm looking at (laughs) hero's little face poking out from under my duvet and i'm like that's gonna feel furry um looking at my fingers they're gonna feel a little bit rough because they're a bit callous at the moment from all my typing because i'm a busy businesswoman. but like I just think the human body is so cool. And so those are my five things for today that I'm really glad about. Number one is always dancing. Like even I did this the other day with one of my girlfriends at work. And even then my number one thing was dancing. Because like, duh. I just love it so much. Era, can you stop growling at your sister? Anyway, but yeah, I just think back to the whole point of this is that I don't even remember where this sentence started. That was a really long tangent and I've really forgotten how I was getting from at point A to point B. But anyway, full circle back to the strength thing though. I think 
Yeah, I just... I've been really struggling at the moment as I've... So we're in week two of term. So it's the second week of me dancing seven days a week and working full-time and studying part-time. And it's just a lot. It's just a lot. Like, it's just been a bit much. And I think my body just kind of is like, I'm done. It also doesn't help that I haven't been eating properly because I haven't really had time and I haven't been motivated to. Um, My mental health's been down the toilet. Um, And I was saying to Maddie today, like, I think once I'm in my own space again, once I'm not worried about offending the people I live with or upsetting or getting in the way of the people I live with, I think it'll be much easier for me to have a bit more autonomy and control in what I, A, put in my body, but also be like this space that I'm in and how I live and stuff like that. Whereas now I'm fine. Like I just, I don't know. Part of me is just really not happy where I am, which is fine. We all go through stages of being happy and not happy where we are. But I think for me, I've been unhappy for a long time. And I think that was my bed frame. I promise I didn't just fart that loud. But um, I think for me, it's going to be a whole new world of life once I move out again. Um, and I'm just really looking forward to that chapter to be honest I think it's going to be really good for me um yeah it'll just be nice just me and the doggos living our best on the north side of Canberra it's very exciting stuff I can't wait um so yeah should be a good time I'm just taking my medication right now while I remember because if I forget then I'm screwed And thank God I'm working from home tomorrow, for the most part. Mm. You know when you don't have a coated pill? Like, they're like, like, not the furry ones, but they're not like the sugar-coated ones. Like, the Nurofen sugar-coated ones are my favourite. But I've just had two of them, and both of them just got stuck in my throat. And I was, the taste of, like... The weird, like, matte packaging or, like, the matte cover they come in. Blech. Absolutely disgusting. Not helped by the fact that I'm drinking two day old water from my one of my four flamingo drink bottles because I fucking love flamingos. But anyway, yeah. So, plans for the rest of this podcast. What you'll hear, you've obviously just heard my breakdown and my rant about presenting, which I don't even remember recording, so um I'm probably gonna record a little bit on Saturday and just talk about the process of getting ready for the show there might be a couple of others that join me um but yeah that's where we're going that's what all you'll hear next but right now I'm gonna go sleep I'm gonna work tomorrow I'm gonna turn I'm gonna pack my costume bugs and then live my best life Rickety rackety rock on. Ciao bye. Speak to you soon. I am not one to talk about this very often. I love my body. I really do. As I've said previously, I love what it does for me and the way it lets me move and live my life but tonight I'm really having issues with it I I didn't realise how bad my stretch marks were getting until tonight so I'm very used to having stretch marks that's like not a big deal for me I've had stretch marks since I was like literally 10 or 11 I think um, and it first started showing up on my ass, because my ass is quite big, um, always has been, I've always had a bit of a bootay, even as a kid, um, but tonight I've just, literally, it's like 1am, not quite, oh, it's 10 to 1, I've just gotten out of a shower, it's the night before my show, so it's the, it's the 13th of, it was now the 13th of February, it was the 12th, um, I should be in bed asleep with a tan marinating, but I'm not even close to that. 
I haven't put tan on my body and I just don't think I will. But I'm really upset right now because my body's kind of letting me down. So like I said, I'm, I'm used to having stretch marks. It's not the issue. The issue is that my stretch marks have never been quite this purple. And I don't mean like they're like a, like a vein color purple. I mean like they're like purple purple. They're like violet. And they're so big and prominent. And I can't get away with them tomorrow night because I'm actually in an immersive stage. So the audience sits around part of the stage. And unfortunately for me, I happen to spend a lot of my time on the stage, on the bit right at the front where the audience sits super up close and personal. Like, it's a very intimate show tomorrow. And my stretch marks are loud and proud. It's the only way to describe them. And I just... I'm really upset about it. Like I said, I love my body. I love my body. I love what I look like. I love what my body does for me. But the changes that have happened in my body, especially in the last two years, have really, really altered my outlook on my body. And I've said it before that I've, I look more womanly and I really like that. But like right now... I'm looking at my body and I'm really unhappy. Not because of what it looks like, but because, no, it is because of what it looks like, but it's not because of what it looks like because, oh, I'm a bit fat or I've got a bit of, of, of meat on my bones. It's because of the changes that have happened that have changed my body and like are visible so my stretch marks are not just on my legs they're on my boobs as well because I've said like my boobs grew heaps in a short period of time but it, they're just so dark and purple and I'm just really sad about them I don't know how to cover them you can't really cover stretch marks. And like, bio oil is apparently a saviour, but like, it's not like I can change it overnight, is it? Oh dear, fuck. Shit bugger fuck. I'm screwed for tomorrow. Oh well. currently 25 past midnight I've just gotten into bed after show my face hurts my feet are throbbing like I've not had feet this sore in a long time my body aches I'm fucking exhausted and I think I'm about to have like the best night's sleep I've had all week Show was really good. I forgot what my body can do. Which I shouldn't, like, I feel really guilty. Because the only time I realise what my body can do is show day. Because I don't train as hard as I probably could and or should. Which is just fucked of me, to be honest. Like, it's just not okay. And I am working on it. But, like, I've just been in such a habit of lazy training that, like, now it's just, like, second nature for me to not do it properly. But, yeah. Um, show was really, really good. I'm bloody annoyed at myself because I butchered the first 32 counts of can-can, which is, like, the dance. I've been doing a can-can pretty much once every 12 months since 2016. So the fact that I butchered, like I'm talking 
pulled a face when I made a mistake butchered, which is, like, unheard of for me. Yeah, so I'm pretty gutted about that, but that was the only stuff up that I had all show, which was kind of nice. Um, but, yeah, my body's just so buggered. And, like, days like today... So, the feeling I get after coming off stage from a show like that is the reason I keep fucking doing shows like that, even though every other second of the show, I'm, like, like performing, like, as soon as I take one step on that stage, I love it, love it, love it, love it, but every other second, especially the seconds now, is the reason that I need to stop doing this, I think, in the next... I think I've got probably about three years left in me. I want to make it to 26, I think. I'd like to make it to 26. I don't know if my body's going to hack it, but we'll figure it out. But every other second reminds me why I'm too fucking old to do this. Because my body aches, my feet ache. I can't, like, I can't keep up. And I think that's, like, the hardest thing for me to come to terms with. Is that I'm just not keeping up. And like. I'm giving it a good yak. But fair him, It's bloody hard. And I'm just built different. Like I'm not built. Skinny and strong. I'm built stocky and fucking. I'm built like a brick shit house, With skinny waist. And I think, like, it's all well and good for the other girls that are beautiful with long legs and skinny as a pencil and all the rest of that shit. But, like, carting my fat ass up and down the catwalk tonight was not ideal. Like, pumping down the catwalk in fucking 12 counts. Not ideal. Just hurt. Like, loved everything. Loved every second of being on that stage. Do not get me wrong. It is the biggest joy I've ever had is being on stage. And I can, like, tell you for free, there's few things in this world that make me happier than the feeling of performing. Especially tonight, seeing Bronte and my mum out, like, out in the audience. Like, that was just, like, the most beautiful moment for me was seeing them and knowing that, like, two of my biggest fan club members are in the audience. Like, that's just the best. And, like, Zoe and Jane... Fuck. Zoe and Tom were there and, like, Brookie and Claire. And, like, all of that was so nice and absolutely lovely. And, like, I just love having the gang in the audience. Like, I always feel like I do a better... <sighs> I always feel like I do a better show when I've got friends watching. Like, I always put on a good show for mum. And, like, my mum, as much as she hates dancing... And hates particularly calisthenics, but she just doesn't like dancing. She hates hip-hop. Like, fucking hates it. She hates commercial, too. But, like, having mum in the audience is just so special. Like, because she's been at almost every comp I've ever done since I was seven. Like, she's been almost at every single show. I I think she's only missed maybe, like... I reckon in my entire dancing life, she's probably missed 10 shows total. 10 shows or competitions total. And that's averaging probably three to five shows a year. Like three, like 10 in what? So, oh shit. Hang on, let me do the maths. 4, Eighteen years of dancing. It's not half bad. Like that's fucking massive. So it's always special and I feel no greater joy, but like dude the prep that goes into a show for me is like the psychological, the emotional cause I get real flat on show day, like I get real drained really quick. And um Yeah, it's just fucking hard. And, like, this 
tonight's really reminded me that like my body's not what it used to be because I'm fucking so sore. Even Aero's sore. He's having a rough time because I was gone all day at show and you can't come with me. But yeah, like the body's just sore. But I pulled my shit together today, which was a good feeling after the other day. Like, after my. <coughs> shut up! After my breakdown on Wednesday, it was a really good feeling to, like, get up on stage and feel good about myself and feel confident in what I was doing and how I was performing. Like, with the exception of fucking Can Can, that was a ripper show for me. I feel like I didn't do enough with my face, but that's alright. It's been and done. And now I'm just going to go to sleep. So, yeah, body is feeling about a two. My heart's very full, though, and that's what matters afterwards. I've got a fucking cramp in my right foot, and it's in a weird spot on the arch, and I can't stretch it out while I'm lying here, which means it's a fat tomorrow problem. All right. I'm going to go to sleep. Anyway, I say goodnight to the people. Good night, people. Well, that was a fucking journey and a half. Um, Thank you all so much for listening. Um, At the time of recording this wrap-up, I am very much okay. Um, That this episode was recorded over the space of about, I reckon it would have been about 10 to 15 days. No, maybe 10 to 14 days, like just over a week to maybe two weeks and um like that's just one of the unfortunate beauties that comes with being really mentally unwell um which I obviously am hence the fucking giant mental breakdown which you all got to listen to firsthand um but yeah a massive shout out to uh particularly for Bronte uh, who I broke the beginning of my breakdown was actually to her earlier in the evening that night, um, as well as uh, Brit, Shannon, Tegan, Jamie, Emma, like everyone, just the usual gang, like all of the dance girls, um, Jamie, Maddie, Zoe, Shakira Lee, especially for dealing with my breakdown at dancing at dress rehearsal. Um, yeah, look, it's been a pretty rough couple of weeks. I'm not going to lie about it. It's been really stressful. Um, but we're getting there. So thanks for coming on the journey of my fucking chaotic mental breakdown. Cute. Uh, next week you actually get to hear from the dance girls, which is really exciting. Um, they're on the episode, which was actually recorded before this one anyway. So, um, but yeah, wicked. Bye.